0: Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, aka Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Skat. How's it? Able- And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Zhang Wei Li had this to say after some questionable memes got around social media. To make fun of a tragedy is a true sign of one's character. People are dying. Someone's father, someone's mother, someone's child. Say what you want about me if it makes you feel stronger. But do not joke about what's happening here. I wish you good health until March 7th. I'll see you soon. The person that she was speaking about was Joanna Tlajcik, the former champion. Who she will face off against for the crown that Yan Jacek once held, which Zhang now holds? But woo man, talk about some fire that has been added to this card. Ooh. I wish you health until March seventh when we fight. Then I don't wish you health anymore because I wish to take your health. <laughs> Man, man, man. I, I, yeah, I was already looking forward to that fight. Really looking forward to it now. The PFL confirmed to ESPN that they've partnered with a number of countries Brazil, Australia, Germany in Europe, Russia in Eastern Europe, and the United Arab Emirates in the Middle East to eventually find five new fighters for their upcoming season. Now, in the Middle East, the first organization that the PFL has announced that they have partnered with is UAE Warriors in Abu Dhabi. They're going to have a fight twice in one night event to enter into the PFL. That's going to be on March 20th. Don't know if ESPN will be rebroadcasting that or if they've got some kind of deal worked out don't know but again they're doing this in these five different regions they've partnered with different promotions in order to do this so it'll be interesting the pfl looks to turn over about 50 percent of their roster for the upcoming season and what better way to do that than to mine talent in these different areas and pockets of the world pfl's done a good job of getting people from all over the world to fight in their organization so it'll be interesting to see Who they're able to find through these partnerships. Speaking about fighting all over the world. One championship standout and grappling legend. Gary the Lion Killer Tonin. Took to social media to say the following. I've been working my Redacted off my whole life to give you guys some of the most exciting grappling matches and fights you've ever seen. And now, I come to you asking for a favor. I need you to hit up One Championship and Chhatri Sitchidong and tell them you want to see Gary Tonin and Martin Yuen fight for the title. Thanks guys. I really appreciate your support. Yuen is the featherweight champion for one championship and Tonin has been doing a phenomenal job building his record and his name in mma within one be nice to see that fight personally i think it's still a little early in the game but hey what's a loss to a champion especially when you're building if you don't win then you go back start working again to get back to a spot where you can challenge once more. Happened with their current champion in the lightweight division Christian Lee, so could work for Tonin as well. There is an athlete on the one roster who's getting a title shot. Arjun Singh Buller, the four-fight UFC vet made his one debut in October beating former title challenger Mario Cirilli. Now he'll face the only heavyweight champion that one has ever known. That person is Brandon the Truth Vera. They'll close out May at the Mall of Asia Arena in Manila, Philippines. Be looking out for that fight on BR Live or on the one app. For this episode, we are praying for Rob Whitaker and his daughter Liviana spoke about this on a different episode. She had some kind of disease that needed Rob's bone marrow and he pulled out of a fight to provide said matter for her life. So definitely praying for them. Also praying for Rafael Lovato Jr. who is the middleweight champion for Bellator. He was diagnosed with a cavernoma. Which I didn't know what it was but uh, thankfully someone put out the definition of it. It's a cluster of abnormal blood vessels and that's found usually in the brain and or spinal cord. He just won the Bellator Middleweight Championship beating Gegard Musasi. and this could be the pinnacle of his career if this cavernoma cannot be Taken out or dealt with, so definitely praying for him. Also praying for Desmond Green, who was jailed for violating his release agreement. He was already waiting for for uh, his case regarding the uh, driving with a expired license or uh, revoked license and killing multiple people. Well, they found him driving without a license again and. He has been jailed for that. Praying for him. Don't know why he continues to do that. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to continue to do it now, though, that he is behind bars. But praying for him, because that's a bad situation to be in. James Gallagher. He was supposed to headline the Bellator Dublin card on the 22nd of February. Unfortunately, he's been forced out with a back injury. So praying for him. Closing out headlines and hot takes as we like to do with some birthdays and celebrating birthdays within the first seven days of February. We have PFL champions Lance Palmer and Ray Cooper, the who have the same birthday, former Bellator champion Vitaly Minikov. Former UFC champion Ronda Rousey, former Bellator champ Eduardo Dantes, and former UFC heavyweight champ Andre the Pitbull Orlovsky. Sit back and relax, fight fans. Up next, we'll have some sweet science conversation in the old one, too. What's up? It's Aokia and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. And in boxing news this week, I shared in the fight nights update that an unfortunate incident happened between Tank Davis and the mother of his child. What I didn't see until looking at it again is that she was sitting courtside at the celebrity basketball game that all this foolishness took place at. Well, it seems as if the police got hold of some additional footage that we did not see uh, from surveillance cameras back in the tunnel where he took her and what they saw was enough for them to issue a battery charge. Warrant was issued. He surrendered himself. We're still praying for Tank, the mother of his child, the child, everybody involved. This is not a good situation. Not a good situation at all. And prayerfully, this will be the wake up call that he needs to turn things around and be the true role model that he's trying to make himself he brought 40 kids from baltimore to atlanta for his last fight trying to show them a different way this is not the way that you show them so hopefully this helps him to get it right Someone who's working to get things right in 2020 is Eddie Hearn. He shared that recently he's working on what could be kind of like a heavyweight tournament for the spring. Usyk and Chisora in April. Dillian White and Povekin in May. And then the big one, Joshua Puliev in June. Hearn and Aram recently asked for an extension to get the fight done between joshua and puliev so hopefully they're able to pull everything together joseph parker who was linked to fight Usyk for the wbo title that it looks like joshua will probably give up recently signed to fight on the mikey garcia jesse vargas card which takes place at the end of february joshua and puliev if that fight does take place which has been mandated by the IBF would be for that title specifically. And then whatever other titles Joshua would hold at that time. All right. The upcoming fight schedule for this main card edition, we've got in Allentown, Pennsylvania, on Saturday, February 8th, Guillermo Rigendale taking on Laborio Solis in a 12-round Bantamweight bout Headlining that card on Showtime Is Mr. Gary Russell Jr. The number 2 featherweight In the world He will be fighting his Mandatory fight for the year Against King Tug For Russell's WBC Title Earlier that day Stayside In Sheffield, UK on the zone, you have Kid Galahad taking on Claudio Moreno in a 12 round featherweight bout. You also have Eva Wallstrom putting up her WBC junior lightweight title versus Terry Harper. That's a 10 round bout, as is the custom for women's title fights. 10 rounds, two minutes apiece. At the top of that card, though, you got Kel Brook taking on Mark DeLuca, and that's a 12-round junior middleweight bout. On Valentine's Day, the Zone is trying to show us some love with Blair the Flair Cobb fighting Joey Tiberi Jr. That's a 10-round welterweight bout. And at the top of the card, the enigmatic, polarizing Ryan Garcia will headline fighting Francisco Fonseca in a 12-round lightweight bout. Showbox had something going on on that day as well. Out of Philadelphia, Thomas Matisse and Isaac Cruz Gonzalez will fight in a 10-round lightweight bout. The following day in Nashville, Tennessee, on Fox, you've got Caleb Plant taking on Vincent Fagan Boots. is a 12 round super middleweight bout for Plant's IBF title. There's a card on Friday, February 21st on ESPN Plus from London, but none of the B-sides have been announced for it. So, not going to share much about that. On that day though, you do also have a Telemundo card out of Kissimmee, Florida, headlined by Jonathan Gonzalez and Saul Juarez, who will fight in a 10 round junior bantamweight fight. Also on this card, Robesy Ramirez and Rafael Morales tangle for six rounds at Featherweight. On Saturday, February 22nd, is the first big pay per view for boxing in 2020. Wild of Fury 2. Woo! I can't wait for that. And because it's such a big, Fight is going to get the main event treatment, so look for either another full episode of the main card, which is what it's looking like, or at the very least, a main event to talk about Wilder Fury 2. All right, time to go back between the ropes and step outside of the squared circle. And after this break, we'll get into a little cage sign. Everyone. My name is Camille Grant, one of the co-founders of Purely Bachelorette. What we offer is a clean and fun bachelorette party box that is incorporated in bachelorette parties and bridal showers. Not only do we sell products for parties, we are also a community that strives to build each other up with relationship goals, sisterhood, and maturing in life with godly wisdom and advice. Come join us on our website, purelybachelorette.com, and our social media pages under Purely Bachelorette. God bless you and have a great day. This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. The pin has dropped, the chain link door has locked, the thumbs have gone up, and the officials have started the clock. That means one thing It's cage time The UFC Is doing a lot In February They started off the year Kind of slow Gave us UFC 246 Which was wonderful And now they're getting back on track Giving us Fight after fight after fight On the 15th of February Which is a Saturday in Rio Rancho, New Mexico A.K.A. Albuquerque, New Mexico The Enchanted City Or the City of Enchantment I don't know, but it's one of those two Birthplace of Breaking Bad Know that As well as the birthplace of Jackson Wink On the main card for that Fight card You got kicking things off At 15 and 6 Yancey the Kid Madero's Versus 10 4 and 2 Groovy Lando Banana at lightweight. Lando is out of the Jacksonville camp so expect him to get some love. Two of the six losses that Yancey has suffered have been in his last two fights. Groovy's not faring much better going 1-2-2 two, and two over his last five. Both of these are exciting fighters which is why they're kicking off the card and why I'm choosing it as the voice of Marky matchup because both of these fighters bring it every single time however the loser may be plying their trade outside of the UFC after this one is done next up we have a lightweight bout between 14 and 4 Brock Chattasuka Weaver or Tuska not sure which one I do know how to say Weaver though versus 11 and 3 Rodrigo Cazula Vargas Weaver is a Dana White Contender Series alum, he is making his UFC debut after he withdrew from his fight on the Tampa card last October. Kazula is the head coach of Mexican Pride Gym and a Kombache vet. Unfortunately, he lost his UFC debut in August of last year. And now he looks to get even in the UFC with a victory over Brock. Weaver bangs hard over 15 minutes wins most of his fights by decision where Vargas has a penchant for submissions next fight up is at flyweight between 10 and 5 Montana De La Rosa and 12 and 6 out of Italy Mara Romero Borea. both of these ladies lost their last bout they're both 3 and 2 over their last 5 and with a lack of depth at flyweight a victory could put the winner in contention for a title shot. Next bout up, 10 and 4, Devin Brown Bear, Clark versus 21 and 10, Daquan the Tarantula Townsend. And if you're saying to yourself, uh, didn't he just fight? Cause like he bought positive for like cocaine and some other stuff, but they still let him fight on UFC 246. You're right. He did. He lost to Bevan Lewis on that card. He's replacing Antigulov and he's looking to erase the stain of the loss as well as get off this two-fight losing streak that he's currently on. The former RFA light heavyweight champ, Clark, is entering his fourth year in the UFC with a 4-4 and record during this time. Unfortunately, he's also two and three over his last five like daquan so like the curtain jerker this could be a loser leaves town match the co-main event is a welterweight bout between tough one vet ufc hall of famer diego nightmare sanchez versus 23 and 10 michelle demolidor this is truly a free show fight Dana wouldn't let Diego fight for anyone else and I feel like they signed Pereira to keep him from being snatched up by Bellator. Expect sheer wackiness as Demolidar literally flipped himself out of the fight last time by wasting all his energy. Diego is always game and the ABQ native will probably get the biggest pop of the night. That's probably why they placed the bow where they did main event is a rematch between Corey Anderson and Jan Wachowicz. Overtime who was then known as Beastin258 picked up a unanimous decision on the Demetrius Johnson, John Dotson pay-per-view. Interestingly enough, I think Dotson is fighting on the undercard of this uh, specific card which he's from ABQ as well, so it will make sense if that's the case. If not, he's fighting on the undercard of UFC 247, which we'll talk about in just a moment. However, since then, Anderson is gone seven and three. Jan has that same record over the same time frame. Both of them are four and one in the last five fights, with the difference being Anderson's four fight win streak versus Jan's two. Say we will talk about UFC 247. In it, the curtain jerker. You've got Alir Latifi versus Derek the Black Beast Lewis. And I love this fight. That's why it's the voice of matchup. The Sledgehammer is making his debut at Heavyweight. UFC 247 takes place at the Honda Center in Houston, Texas, you know who lives in Houston, Texas and has a lifetime supply of Popeye's chicken in Houston, Texas, Derek the Black Beast, Lewis, oh my goodness, the place is gonna go bananas, absolutely bananas, Latifi is a beast and he's always been this stocky bowling ball of a man he's got some power got a little wrestling too but is he ready to go against the heavyweights i don't know about that i really don't know however you look at someone like former champion daniel cormier who was also short compact but was able to use his speed and his Athletic prowess to win all but one fight at heavyweight. Is Latifi as athletically gifted as DC? No. Does he have what it takes to best Derek Lewis? I don't know. He has some wrestling, and that's been an area where Derek has shown weakness in the past. However, he's got the ability to get up pretty much whenever he wants to against pretty much anyone except for Daniel Cormier. So it's going to be interesting. Can't wait to see the fight. Should be fireworks. And that's why it's the voices marquee matchup. Next fight up on the card is a nice little flyaway bout between Versailles Bectic and Dan Ige. Ige is one of the main training partners for Chris Cyborg. Who just one the Bellator belt, he should be primed and ready to go against Bektik who has shown promise in the past but hasn't always lived up to the potential that, that his team and seemingly the UFC have portrayed to the people. This would be a really nice test to see if he is back at a point where he can build or if he needs to go back to the pack and start over. Third fight on the card, which normally is somewhat of a showcase fight, is um, it's a fight. <laughs> it's a fight. It's a heavyweight fight, which means that it probably should not last the entire time. Especially with the level of power that these two men bring. If it does go all 15, ooh... I don't know how that's gonna look. We've got Juan the Kraken Adams, who is a Dana White Contender Series alum facing Justin Badman Toffa. Toffa is entering his fifth professional fight, and he's in the middle of the pay-per-view. On top of that, he lost his UFC debut to a Dana White Contender Series alum in Jorgen DeCastro look phenomenal in his fight with Tava Adams on the other hand he has not looked so good losing two fights in a row and a third might cause the UFC to show him the dough and I said dough on purpose to rhyme so anyway I, I know the words but I digress yeah I, I really don't know what's gonna happen in this fight We'll see. Adams asked to fight Hardy in the last fight and then went for a stupid single leg and left his head wide open to be hammer fist to death. Tafa is really improving. Both of these fights are improving. Which is another reason why I believe that the loser may find themselves on the outside getting more experience on the regional level because the lights may be Way too right, especially with the kind of placement that they have on this card. I think that also speaks to the lack of depth that you see on the card as a whole, that these two would have such a prominent place. The co-main event pits the flyweight champion of the world, Valentina Bulletshipchenko, versus the number one flyweight contender, Caitlin the odds are definitely in favor of the champion, Shevchenko. She has a very well-rounded game, is a phenomenal, phenomenal striker, and the only person that she's lost to in the UFC is Amanda Nunez, and arguably, she won both fights that she's had with the Lioness. Kagan, on the other hand, yeah, she's been fighting. And because of the lack of depth at flyweight, she now has the title shot. Her greatest chance for victory would be to get this to the ground and try to implement her Henzo Gracie ground belt skills versus Shevchenko. Valentina does have a ground game, but is it at the same level as Kagan's? probably not is it strong enough where she should be able to get back to her feet and take advantage of Caitlyn there yeah which is why the odds are so far against Chukagian but fights have to be fought in the cage if it was on paper then certain people never would lose like Anderson Silva versus Chris White, but we see what happened there though uh, Caitlin is uh, yeah she's not Chris White. she is working on her black belt in the New York area and she's also from Long Island but that's about where the comparison stop. One thing that also will stop right now is cage time because the main event is getting the main event treatment so let's take a pause in the cause and when we come back we'll discuss Jones versus Reyes on the NTMB main card keep it light. yeah yeah RAERadio.com brings you the block every day from 8 to midnight Central Time. We got the best in urban inspirational music. So every night, go Swing Through the Block on RAE Radio.com. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Red coin, are you ready? Blue, what about you? Well, all right, it's time for the main event of the episode. And episode 120's main event is the champion, light heavyweight sensation, John Bones Jones, who's looking to make history. He's currently tied with GSP for the most title defenses in UFC history with a win he will hold the record in the blue corner trying to beat the unbeaten champion is an unbeaten prospect himself Dominic the Devastator Reyes this fight is so intriguing on so many different levels when reyes knocked out chris wyden to secure his spot as the number one contender he immediately got on the mic and said i don't need any party favors to do this let's get it done john Jones. for intents and purposes that set john off now granted john looks for anything to set him off but that really seemed to aggravate him i haven't seen john jones this upset since he's faced off against daniel cormier that is the last time he's been this angry calling him by his name dominic dominic and dominic sounded just like he did with uh with dc daniel daniel cormier dominic Reyes. so yeah he he's upset and john tends to fight better when he's upset So I don't know that poking the bear was necessarily the best thing outside of the fact that John's fights have been fairly lackluster and he seemed to be pretty much cruising in his fight against both Smith as well as Santos. Now he stopped Alexander Gustafsson, and he was focused on Gus. Gus also poked the bear with the whole uh, no drugs T-shirt that he had on. However, John had more to prove because Gus Gustafson gave him the toughest fight in his career. And much of that was due to John being on drugs. um <laughs> And Rick asked me on the Huddle Up. I encourage you all to go take a listen to that. But he asked. Was I sick of Jones? And yeah, I am. He starts speaking about him being a drug cheat. And I was like, well, no, no. You know, he's not necessarily a drug cheat, forgetting about the fact that the things he kept popping for later were different than what he popped positive for at UFC 200. All the picograms and stuff. that was a different substance and I totally forgot about that people have said that the John Jones that came back after the UFC layoff hasn't been the same John Jones and that's understandable he hasn't he looked lackluster against Ovin St. Prue with DC he came, brought his best with him everyone else has been kind of like he's been there could it be the is caught up to him quite possibly could it be that he was using performance enhancers all that time that's quite possible as well because anyone who would use street drugs right up to fight time yeah they probably would do other things that you shouldn't be doing like taking performance enhancing drugs to ensure that everything was in order when it came time to fight now granted he has been adamant about this like i didn't cheat i didn't cheat you know the pico grams and all that stuff it shows that there's no competitive value i am not a cheater and he just kind of kept beating that drum a lot of times though guilty people rail against the very thing that people accuse them of something that has been very interesting to me about this fight is John Jones' weight. John Jones has been saying on some of the embedded episodes that he's light. He's lighter than he normally is. Usually comes in around two twenty-five, but this time he's about two seventeen before weigh-ins. Kept saying my weight is good. My weight is good. He weighed in a pound under the limit with a hat on. Now, granted, he did only have his shorts on, but you weigh in a pound under the limit with extra stuff on that you don't need on. That means that he has to have been doing a lot of road work, a lot of cardio to be down that far in weight, which for him will bode very well, because if you listen carefully to Reyes' team They said things like We want to pressure him And Reyes has a great team behind him He's been training with Joe Daddy Stevenson He's had work with The all-time great Dan Henderson They've been trying to keep their game plan Close to the chest But when you're bragging about Being able to ride a stationary bike For 45 minutes straight Obviously You're looking to test the endurance of the other fighter, which looking at both of Jones's last fights seems like that will be the thing to do. The fact that Jones came in as low as he did, though, shows that his cardio game should be on point. And he's going to be on point because he's not taking this fight lightly whatsoever. He knows about Dominic's power. And He said, look, I'm trying to get this guy young. I'm trying to get him taken care of now. He may come back around a little later, but let me take him out while he's still developing, while he's still fresh and new, because that freshness and that newness could allow him to be victorious because he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he doesn't know what to be concerned about. Whereas I've been here, I've done it for over the past nine years. Off and on, I've been holding this belt. So let me get him now while he's still fresh, a la Mayweather when he fought Canelo. Now, he didn't say those words, but that's what came to my mind when he was saying, let me get him while he's young. That's a very wise strategy because once you've been beat, the idea of... Being able to be victorious again Especially when The person who Very well may have beat you Beat you for the first time professionally This is your first loss Are you going to want it back? Absolutely Are you going to want to grow? Yes you are How is that going to impact his psyche If he were to lose John is doing everything he can To ensure that That's the case Dominic is doing everything he can To take the title away from the champion something about him as with Tiago Santos something about these fights makes it very very interesting to me and gives me reason for pause to think that Jones may lose however Jones is coming in super duper prepared for this it's not like he hasn't fought heavy hitters before hello Santos hits super heavy much of the issue that he was having was the fact that he couldn't stand up because one of his legs was broken. And he still won a split decision. I think that has more to do with Jones's view of the fight versus this time. This time, he's looking to make a statement. Will that statement be, I'm still the king of the jungle? Or will a new lion rise up and dethrone Bones? That's going to do it for the MTMV main card. This is episode 120. Thanks for rocking with your man, The Voice. As I stated earlier in the main card, I will be coming back to you in a couple weeks with a main event at the very least for Fury versus Wilder. I should say Wilder Fury 2. It's looking like I'm probably going to do a whole main card. Either way it goes, you got something coming. And until next time, it's your man, The Voice, sounding off.